Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host, Delisa Fields, and today I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about hoarding. Hoarding, hoarding, hoarding. H-O-R-D-I-N-G. Um, so I want to open up in Luke chapter 12, verse 34, and read to you what Jesus said. This is Luke 12, 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. So I don't know if any one of you have ever watched the TV series entitled Hoarders. I had heard about it, but my first time ever watching it was actually last year. And it was on a um, classroom assignment. And so toward the end of the class, our instructor um, uh, had um, <clears throat> selected one of the... Um, episodes of the tv series hoarders for us to have a class discussion and so forth and that was coming from a therapeutic background um in terms of you know why do people hoard things what meaning um what um is there the meaning uh of the things that they're hoarding to and how does that affect how is how are they affected when those items are removed because you if you've ever seen that um you know many times the family members are trying to get their loved one to throw things out um clean the house up. I mean, the episode that we saw was almost in tears because as I stated, I had never seen, I've heard, you know, I mean, I know what a hoarder is and I've heard about the TV show, but I had never seen it. And so to actually put a visual behind what I had been told was, um, it was shocking to say the very least. So I had never seen hoarding to that level, to the extreme level of, you know, the person needing an intervention, needing therapists, needing, uh, you know, health inspectors come out, demolition crews, the whole nine yards. So if you've ever seen that and, and you can see the, the traumatic, I'll give you an example. There was one mother, um, mother slash, well, she was a widow and she had had two girls and her husband had, um, I think he had, he passed away and she just would not, clean up the room she left it exactly how he um how he left it and you know i i'm not going to go deep into that because that was her thing um but it had been like 20 something years and so over time she would just keep buying things for him i guess she you know was the gift giver in the in the marriage and so she would continue to buy things on um, purchase things for him and she would put it in the room and she would kind of you know display it the way that he would um, and he was not, a, apparently he wasn't a, you know, a neat person. Um, and, and so it, it, after 20 something years, I think it was like 23 years, it just became overwhelming. And I mean, she sort of lost her will to live. She lost her will to, you know, just, she just lost it. Right. Um, and so the daughters, they would come in and, and you know, it, it, it just, it, it progressed to the point to where no one really wanted to visit. Um, it, her house was becoming a health hazard. And it's, again, just a whole, there was a whole lot going on. Um, but by the end of the show, they had, she had to be assigned, um, for counseling. Um, and she was able to, I think the hardest thing for her was to get rid of a pair of pants that her husband had wore to work like the previous day. And he had taken it off and, you know, kind of threw it across the chair. And those same pairs of pants, that same pair of pants had been there ever since. And so she was able to clean up everything that she had purchased for him. And I'm going somewhere. Um, but that which he had left, um, she just did not have the will to remove. And so after therapy, after receiving counseling, um, and with the support of her daughters, of course, 
she was able to remove her husband's pants. And let me tell you something. She just broke down. I mean, it was, I was in tears and, you know, of course, you know, now I instructed, she's a licensed counselor. She was like, is everybody okay? And, you know, we had to have a discussion about that. But anyway, I said all of that to say this, um, we, some of us are not so different from that woman, um, that I saw on that hoarders, um, TV show. Some of us have a tendency to hold on things and it's not so much the things well, for some people it may be, but it's the meaning that we've attached to the thing. Now, my mother was a hoarder. Bless her heart. She's resting in Jesus. My grandmother was a hoarder. Bless her heart. She's resting too. But, you know, I, I've, that's, I'm just not me. I'm just not having it. You know, I, I'm just, I ref, you know, me personally, I just refuse to do that. If anything, I'm the person that will throw something away and then go back and buy it again. You know, that's the kind of person that I am. I, I just believe in. Um, only holding on to what is necessary. And I think, you know, and that, that carries over to our personalities. You know, a lot of what we do, like Jesus said in Luke 12, 20, uh, 34, you know, where our heart is, there our treasure is. A lot of what we do is connected to who we are. And so, you know, <clears throat> many times we go to great lengths to study other people. You know, we can tell you what sister girl, you know, wears what kind of shoes or hairstyle, you know, we can, we can give you all kinds of details about what homegirl is doing and what bruh has. Oh man, bruh got a nice car. You know, we know all about the football games. We know all about everything. We know about everything else, but we don't know who we are. We don't know what makes us tick. And can I say something to you who are single and are looking? Cause not everybody single is looking. Some folks are single and satisfied. Um, but you know, for those who, you know, maybe single and are looking, you're in one of the best seasons of your life. And I know you'd be like, woman, the guy, really? Cause I'm, I'm not just feeling this right now, but let me just tell you something because you know what? Before you, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Before you join or connect or intertwine your life with someone else, it's very, it's, it's vitally and crucially and essentially important that you know who you are. And so this is where you find many people marry or, you know, enter into covenant, whatever the covenant thing look, looks like. Give me a church covenant. Give me a job covenant. Give me a business covenant. You know, whatever. Um, and you enter into a covenant or partnership without really knowing who you are. And this is where a lot of people end up being bitter and, and, you know, you know, drawing back, not putting their full, you know, self invested into it because they don't see their worth. Um, so it, it's important that for those of you who are single and are waiting to make, you know, to take this time to learn who you are, you know, learn what makes you take, learn, you know, watch what you do. I'm going to say that again. Watch what you do. Because what you do is a testimony to who you are. You know, I was reading uh, one of my, um, I was reading a textbook yesterday and it mentioned, um, you know, how, for those of you who work, you know, when you eat lunch, do you prefer to eat lunch alone or do you eat lunch in groups? And it, you know, kind of went on, you know, from there. But again, you know, why, what are your lunch habits? You know, I mean, breakfast, you kind of, you know, like me, I eat my breakfast on the way to work. But, you know, what are your lunch habits when you are, you know, at work and you're having to, um, you know, engage with people? Whatever. Do you prefer to sit in your car? Do you prefer to, um, you know, do the group thing or, you know, what does that look like? And I mean, it's this this is not a right or wrong answer. I'm just it's just food for thought. That's what we do here. Food for thought. I like to say thinking out loud. Um, 
So a lot of what you do is rooted in who you are. And a lot of times people do things and hold hoard and hold on to things because there's something attached um, to the meaning of it or there's a, 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 a the way that they have interpreted it that um, can leave a lot of room for discussion. Why won't you let that go? Why won't you hold that? You know, I've got, you know, and I don't think about it, maybe a hoarding, but I love watches. You know, I love watches, I guess, because. With my life, I have to know what time it is. You know, I'm, I have a very, um, you know, I'm a very strong time manager of myself. So it's, it's essential for me to always have a watch on. I've got to know what time it is. I don't waste time. I don't let people waste my time. I mean, I, you know, my day runs like clockwork. So it's essential for me to have a watch. So many times I purchase multiple watches at a time. Um, but now, I guess because I bought them pretty much all at the same time, just about all of my batteries are dead. Um and I, you know, thank you, Holy Ghost, for reminding me. So, um, you know, so I've got maybe five, six, seven watches, you know, and for me, now that's hoarding, you know, too. And some people say, oh, please, I've got 20. So, you know, but for me, because again, it, it, it's my way to, you know, discard what I'm not using. I just don't believe, um, I don't believe in holding on to things that, don't matter or you know that don't work uh, you know and so that's who I am as a person you know I'm I'm invested in what works I don't you know me I'm just talking about me and again that's why it's important to know you you have to know who you are okay and I've even had people come and prophesy and say the Lord is saying so and I'll you know and I'll look at them and I said that's not who I am and God is not going you know what I'm saying you you many times and I'm going to say this many times we receive false prophecy or Airing, E-R-R-I-N-G, prophecy when you don't know who you are. Okay, that prophetic word will resonate in your belly. God is not going to force fit nothing down your throat. It's going to resonate with who you are. Now, it, you, it may be something you never considered, but it's going to, it's going to bear witness in your inner man. The Holy Spirit will bear witness to what it's saying that yes, this is of a truth. And so I'm not even one of those that stands up in a, you know, in a, in a prayer line waiting for somebody to tell me what God is going to do. You know, when you know who you are, you know your purpose, you know your assignment, you're not that one that people are practicing on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You will not you will not practice prophecy on me. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I don't even hold on to prophetic words that have no purpose. I will listen, I will cast it down quicker than as soon as it comes out your mouth, I'm casting it down. Again, that's who I am. Now, other people may think, well, wow, you know, let me think about that. Or I, I think I'd like to walk in that. Or, you know, I, I never thought. Of, and, and that's your thing. I'm just saying know who you are. Right. Know who you are. Um, the other thing that I want to mention, too, as I get ready to close is, um, you know, not only do we hold on to things, but many times some of us are people hoarders. Right. There are many different types of hoarders. Some of us are emotional hoarders. Um, some people just like they I, I don't know. They get a thrill out of being a victim. Maybe maybe it's the attention that they get. Um, you know, some people just like they are emotional hoarders. You know, if there is an opportunity to cry and I've seen this, they will just boohoo and cry like, you know, <laughs> like like <laughs> I don't know, you know, like all hope is gone. And yes, there are seasons of sorrow. The Bible talks about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about people who take the opportunity to cry. It's something, something on a movie is set. And they just, you know, it kind of becomes an unusual thing to where you're looking like, okay. Or let me give you a better example. Have you ever been around somebody and something funny happens and people laugh, you know, ha 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 
And then that's it. And then have you ever observed the person that just takes that thing to a whole nother level? And have you noticed people's response? They will tend to look at that person like, okay, it's, it wasn't that funny. You see what I'm saying? That's what I would call an emotional hoarder where they literally, you talking about carpe, uh, carpe diem, seize the moment. And it's greater than laughing and it's greater than crying, but there's something bottled up within them that they took that moment and they wrote their unhealed emotions on the back of that of that emotion or whatever the prevailing emotion was, whether it was crying, whether it was laughing, whether it was whatever. They took that moment and they, they rode the back of it. And so it just becomes kind of extraordinary and an unusual and an overwhelming manifestation of emotion when it really wasn't all of that. You see what I'm saying? So there are the emotional hoarders. Um, in Jesus, in the Bible days, they had people called the mourners. And these would be people who were paid to cry at funerals or whatnot because society expected you to mourn. You know, at least 30 days, I think, was Jewish custom. So at least 30 days they would mourn. And so, I mean, come on now. You know, I mean, mourning is one thing. Crying and all of that stuff is something totally different. And so they were actually, they were professional mourners. Um, who were hired to just stand outside a person's house and cry. And, and, and that would give the impression that the person that had recently deceased was, you know, beloved and would be greatly missed and, and all of that. Um, so, you know, yeah, they're emotional hoarders. They just hold, they just cry. I mean, that's their job to just cry. You know, that would just drive me nuts, but you know, that's me. Um, so they're the emotional hoarders. Talked about the, the material things, hoarders, people that just hold on to stuff. Now, I'm not talking about people who are collectors or, you know, of antiques and things. Now, that's different. But now, come on now. You, you got <laughs> just too much stuff. And, and you know, when you said it yourself, I just got too much stuff. You know, you don't even need the Holy Ghost to tell you you got too much stuff. You said it yourself. Now, this is just too much. I've got 10 pots, the same color, same size. This is just too much. You know, so that kind of thing. So they're the material hoarders. There's the emotional hoarders. And let me just talk real quickly about the people hoarders and this can go one of two ways you got the people hoarders who just hold on to folk that season has passed has ended but for the sake of not wanting to let go remember what i said what you do is rooted in who you are for the sake of not wanting to let go you know not wanting to venture out not wanting to meet anybody new you know we just hold on to people and there are seasonal people there are lifetime people you know and you got your temporary people temporary people is what it means temporary you know, seasonal people is what that means, seasonal. And then you have your lifetimers, right? So um, you have to know the difference. People in your life are going to fit in one of three categories. Temporary, seasonal, lifetimers. You have to know the difference. Um, so, you know, there are those who just hold on to folk. Um, there are people that are holding on to friends from elementary school because they never could, you know, get past, um, you know, what they did to Miss Newman, you know, with putting chalk in her coffee or whatever. And so that was just a monumental fun moment for them. And so they, every time you get together, you remember, it, it, <laughs> you get to every time they get together, they talk about the same time, the same moment when they put uh, chalk in Miss Newman's coffee. And that's the only thread that holds that relationship together. They don't have nothing else in common. Nothing else, but they'll stay on each other's contact list. They'll stay on each other's face. <laughs> and the only thing they have in common is putting coffee, putting chalk in Ms. Newman's coffee. You see what I'm saying? So they took a temporary friendship and they, they're trying to force it to be a life longer, a life, a lifetimer. And it's not. Um, same thing with a seasonal thing. Seasonal thing may be your obstetrician. I'm just using that as an example. And, you know, while you were giving birth or while your friend was giving birth or what have you, they gave you ice chips, you know, help coach you through it. And so now you're bonded with this person who was only there 
because they were employed at the facility. But, you know, you bonded this and, you, you know, and there's a tendency to try to connect with that person because they were there for you in a very traumatic season. And so now we're forcing uh, a temporary uh, uh, seasonal thing into a lifetimer. All right. So you just have to know the difference. Know when it's time. T.D. Bishop T.D. Jakes ministered this word years ago. Learn how to kiss and say goodbye. You know, you don't have to you know, I often say, you know, if you're going to leave, don't burn the house down. You know, consider those who still have to live there. You know, consider what it was when you got there. You understand what I'm saying? So there is a way I, I call it the art of relationship. Um, there is a way even to walk away to where it doesn't trigger anything, you know, any kind of, you know, bad experience or what have you. But hoarders is what we're talking about today. And, and just looking at that um, in um, light of your own life, you know, preferably you're not a hoarder. Um, maybe you are, <laughs> maybe there are some things that you're holding on to that the Lord has said, okay, that purpose has fulfilled itself. Let it go. And so, you know, so the other part, I was talking about the people, the seasonal three types of people orders, but then it's also the people you hold on to who have hurt you. And if I would have to sum up what I'm saying is, you know, let people go loose them from your cage of, you know, um, disappointed expectations, people who've hurt you, people who've abandoned you. You know, don't hold on to them. Let them go. Release them. Thank God that he brought you through and kept you through it all. But let them go so you can be free. Amen. So we pray we said something to encourage your heart. Um, we'll come back at the next appointed time. Until then, grace and peace.